You're listening to Between Two Ravens, a Norse mythology podcast with Sean and David. Hey, Sean, how's it going? David, it's going great. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I, we got this uh, weird idea for a new episode format where we're re-recording season zero, episode zero. So we did those this season zero when we were just brainstorming what is the podcast supposed to be. And now we're six months in, right? We've done a whole season one and kind of just to to recap, yeah, how we started this podcast and some of the things yeah. that we've co- we've covered. So it's we've already finished it now, so we know exactly what we're going to cover now. Uh, and I'm pretty sure in an earlier episode, David, you corrected me when I said episode 0.0 and you said it's episode 0.2. <laughs> what, what we titled that episode is, uh, I think that's the running joke, is which one is episode 0.2 or episode 0.02. We should probably cut this part out. Huh? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> or, or we'll leave it. <laughs> Yeah. That's the fun, the, the fun inside jokes for people who've been following us for a while. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. There's too many zeros and zero, like season zero, episode zero, episode 0.2. But yeah, also yeah, looking back at the last six months, because I think it was like, I think we started re- like recording our first episode in early December yeah. of uh, 2021. And now it's mid June. So it has been six months since we started the podcast, which is unreal to, oh, yeah. you know, look back within that six months. It does feel like we just started this like three, uh, three weeks ago, I'd say. That, that um, first episode, we didn't think anybody was going to listen, right? Like it'd be our, you know, you know, 10 friends or maybe some family and, you know, maybe we'd have 50 people at, a, at the best. And the podcast really got going, right? Really growing uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're up to 13,000 plus uh, downloads. Yeah. Yep. 13. Yep. Over 13,000. And, and like yeah. our Twitter, our Twitter account is finally seeing some movement with uh, people following us and, uh, <laughs> we're able to see some of the stats on Apple podcasts and like uh, Spotify and everything like that. So it's, it's really cool to think, um, you know, how many people have at least tried to listen to our podcast. I'm sure there's a lot of people that will listen to like two seconds of it and they'll like podcast surf and just move on to something else. But uh, it's very cool to see that we do have consistent listeners uh, to this one. There's a lot of people that listen to every episode just to hear what we have to say about this subject matter, which is Really cool. I know I've been I've been saying that I'm going to do a podcast for years now, and it was kind of cool six months ago when you were like, "Well, let's just start talking," and and here we are. And that's that my favorite thing about the podcast, especially that that first episode. That's why I never want to take it down. We'll, we'll take it down sometimes because it's kind of embarrassing. We don't know what we're doing. But it's my, <laughs> my favorite thing about that episode. It was just like sat down, like Sean, tell me about Norse mythology. Let's let's just talk on Zoom about why we should do a podcast, right? And that's you got to get started somewhere, right? You can't, I mean, you could record a bunch of episodes you never release just to practice, but you really don't know until you put it out there and you see like, oh, even as bad as that was, people still like it. It's got 800 okay. downloads or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I, I know the first like, well, first of all, the first like two or three episodes, I didn't have a head, like this headset that I'm using now. So yeah. it was literally just the volume from the computer. I did not have a headset on and I was just speaking to you. And you notice like there's a definite difference in the way I sound between like episode like three and four or something like that. But also no, in no. the first three episodes, we didn't edit the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> after right. we started editing and we learned how to edit the episodes, we went back and we're like, this needs to fucking change. This sucks. So it's- yeah. No, and that, yeah, that my, my audio was not great for probably the first uh, three or four episodes either because, you know, why buy, I don't know, 50 bucks or more worth of equipment when you're like, well, maybe it's so bad that we should stop, but... <laughs> Luckily it worked out. No. So yeah. let's, let me think. I'm, I'm thinking of that part of, yeah. You know, why, why did we start a podcast on Norse mythology, right? People, some people might be interested. You know, my other thought is, you know, all of our episodes, we kind of just screw around for the first five minutes and hopefully we don't lose too many people there because then we get into the good content. Right. But this whole episode is going to be us screwing around, just talking about stuff. So if you've, yeah, if you've enjoyed our series and, 
or if you started somewhere in the middle and you're wondering how did we get started right yeah like sean why did why did we start a podcast on norse mythology um so real quick and i think if anybody does like like gets turned off by the first like five minutes in most episodes i'm sure they were just thinking this isn't a fucking norse mythology podcast it's a podcast on stardew valley <laughs> Stardew Valley and what are the best uh, breweries in Northern Virginia? Yeah, exactly. And after I got to four of them, I think I was like, oh, I, here's here's a new beer at the Whole Foods. So I, I didn't get to like travel to too many breweries for the sake of my drink of the week. But yeah, so as far as like why we started doing the podcast, and I know we touched on this briefly and when we initially recorded this, I've been a fan of history for a few years now. So I, I, I was living in Denver and I got my uh, master's of business administration from Syracuse through an online platform with a concentration in business analytics. And after I graduated with that degree, I just had so much time on my hands. I had no aspirations to leave my job. So I was kind of just going to continue doing the same thing, but I had an extra like 15 to 20 hours a week to spare. So I got heavily into reading. I started reading history books, specifically dark age dark age history books, because I found that time period very fascinating because it's pretty much Western Europe in the wake of the fall of the Western Roman Empire. So I got into dark age history and I know the Viking age uh, was a huge part of that. And I actually, when I moved back from Denver to the East Coast, I listened, I like binge listened to uh, a Viking age podcast with Lee Akamato. I think I said his name right. Yeah. And like, I, I, I was, I took so, I, I had so many cups of coffee because I, I had the overnight shift with the people that I was driving over with. And I listened to about eight episodes and that got me hooked on the Viking age. And I don't think I actually mentioned that when we first recorded, but it, <laughs> no, it's a great, a great podcast. Part. I don't yeah. think he's, I don't think he's recorded anymore, but like, it's a great introduction to that time period. Yeah. And I know um, if you think about pop culture, like the idea of a Viking is very romanticized right now. And as a result, Norse mythology is too. So you'll, you'll see it with video games. You'll see it with um, like the TV series, like Vikings, The Last Kingdom, you know, Norsemen. And like with the, like the video games I mentioned, like God of War, Ragnarok, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla. And it's just very, it's like all over the place. Like Vikings are what vampires were like 15 years ago, I'd say. But because I was a fan of Dark Age history and the Vikings played a part of that, it also got me thinking about the rise of Christianity during and after the fall of the Western Roman Empire and that kind of links history with mythology, in this case, Norse mythology, which was like one of the last pagan religions of Europe. And yeah, so and I find out, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that that's one of those things where I, you know, just how deep we can get into some of these things in the podcast, right? Because the, like the pagan spirituality, that's not nothing I ever thought we were really going to be talking about, right? But then as you really think about what mythology is, right, it's, it's not just kind of some fun stories like the, the word myth. You often think of being like a made up story, right? It's, it's, it's the fake stories. And that's kind of the idea. Well, yeah. Christianity and the Bible. Well, that's, that's, that's the true religion, right? And everything else is myths, but the Christian stories are myths. They're just the stories of that culture and mm -hmm. other cultures have their own stories. But anyways, I interrupted you. Well, no, no, no. it's, it's yeah. it, like, there's, there's definitely that link there. And so like, I was a fan of dark age history and yeah. I look at, I primarily focus on dark age England it's a small country and like what happened in England happened in the rest of Europe. But I just, I like, I don't know. I've, I've always been a big fan of English history. Like even today, like with the English monarchy, I, I think, I think the Royal family today has way too much power and I'm hoping they kind of like, don't <laughs> like, I'm kind of, that I'm hoping hope. that after Queen Elizabeth, things might change a bit. I feel like it's, yeah. Something yeah. There's, there's changing. like a thing with her uh, heir Charles, like who might just kind of like 
move out of Buckingham Palace and like they could like you maybe like the state can use that to like drive revenue or something like that. But you know, lots of lots of Europe, a lot of the European uh, countries will have some kind of still a monarchy, but most of them aren't taken as seriously as England, right? Which is an interesting, a yeah. curious thing. Yeah. Well, I guess it. Yeah, like the Queen has no like nothing beyond ceremonial powers, but yeah. like. I, I maybe like maybe like they do make a lot of money because they do it does drive in tourists so like maybe they need to have a royal family like that lives this like lavish lifestyle but it's also it's also kind of like very stupid when you look at Prince Andrew. We can never stop becoming the political podcast. Yeah, though. I don't. Well, anyway, but like I, I love the English royal family and just like yeah. the idea of you know you look at somebody who's like propped up like Queen Elizabeth II who is pretty much still like an empress of the British Empire of or what's left of the British Empire. Like, where did that empire start? It started like from the King of England, like the King and Queens of England. Where did that kingdom start? It started from the House of Wessex, which they were around in Dark Age England. And so just like the stories and like the Game of Thrones that took place in England, along with the rest of Europe, I just find very fascinating. And like, if you look at the Vikings or the Anglo-Saxons, a couple, like 300 years prior, they, they worshiped these Norse gods. And like eventually they they Christianized, they converted to Christianity, but like it's also very cool to see like the struggle and like the the influence that religion had at that in that time frame. When this, that the the Vikings really influenced England, right? But they influenced all kinds of Europe, especially uh, Normandy. As a thing, I've been reading some history since we started oh, this they, podcast too. They yeah. were all over the place. They uh, they went to the yeah. east to like the Slavic territories and like modern day like Ukraine and Russia. They went to yeah. Italy. All the way down to the Mediterranean, right? Yeah, yeah they, they, and then then they like, <laughs> like they a lot of them traveled to uh, Constantinople, which was what was left over the what was left over of the Eastern Roman Empire, which became the Byzantine Empire. They um had like these warriors that became part of the Varangian Guard that guarded the emperor, and they also explored. They went west and they they settled Iceland. They like. At some well, point, that's, that's what they're North known America. for, right? Being in the boats and yeah. taking over everything they could reach by water, right? But then that know that once they were on horseback in Normandy, they were taking over as much of Europe as they could get away with, right? And that's something about this Viking spirit kind of idea, right? That's within Norse mythology as well. Tells that story. Well, yeah. Yeah. And and like I know you mentioned the Normans. Um, I like I know I mentioned this in the podcast as well, where you know, there's a character named Rollo who I think is like a Norse version of the name Robert or something like that. But yeah. Oh, yeah. he was given like land in Normandy to like pretty much stop raiding in Northern France. And like, he also had to help, he also had to convert to Christianity. He had to protect um, that lands from future Viking raids. His descendants became like one of his descendants was William the Conqueror who invaded England and took it over anyway. Right. And they also had like a, a branch of the family that took over Sicily and they like formed the kingdom of Sicily. Yeah. So it's very cool to think about, but. And, and it's an interesting thing as you're saying that you get really into the, the English history, right? Because really to be an expert in something, you have to dive deep into it, right? It's hard. I, I like to study a little bit of everything and then I'm not an expert in much of anything because I'll read a little bit about, you know, this and that. But it's it's a little bit like what we did with the Norse mythology, right? Because that's certainly why I wanted to start it was because I knew you were talking about these things. You, you had this real interest in how the kings claim that they descend from Odin. And mm. you're like, what? It seemed like you were just fascinated by that. You're like, what the heck is this that they're claiming? <laughs> Not just that they descend from Odin, but that also Odin's related to Adam and Eve and Noah and all these other biblical figures, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and when you're telling me that, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, and that's something I actually, that's this like last part I didn't get to in my episode on uh, the historical sons of Odin. Cause like yeah. I, I, I was hungover when I, I filmed, I recorded that. It was like the morning after and we won't cut that out either. Well, yeah, no, it's fine. I, I went to a concert with my wife the day before and we had a lot of vodka sodas, but so we, uh, 
like I recorded that. And when I edited that episode, first of all, every sentence I said, there was a, so I had to edit like each one of those out because like it was, that was the state I was in. But anyway, in that episode, I talk about like all of the uh, written sources that claim that were people claim to send from Odin. And one thing I did not get to in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle is where sometimes when they, when they list a king, who, it's like, oh, this king was the son of this, who was the son of this, and they get to Woden. They go beyond Odin sometimes. Sometimes it's just like a few fathers um, above Odin. Sometimes it's like a little bit more than that. But when they get to King Athelwolf, I believe it is, of Wessex, Athelwolf was the father of Alfred the Great, who I've also spoken of on this podcast. When they get to him, they go all the way up to Adam. Yeah. And so it's like a page worth of notes. Oh, Athelwolf was the son of Egbert. Egbert was the son of, I think it was like Ailmans, but it goes up and up and up and up to Woden. Then it goes all the way up to Adam. And it's really funny because first of all, it takes a whole page, but according, the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle says that the world is like 6,200 years old or something, which the Bible also says, yeah. which is not true. But <laughs> like to to make this work, they had to create a new son of Noah that does not appear in the Bible. But that that line that they have from Athelwolf up to um, Adam, it's not unlike the line that I mentioned from the Proceta, which says, oh, here's Woden. His father was blank. And it goes all the way up to Thor, which is something that's very interesting. But sorry, like that was a side tangent, but. No, and and that also goes back to just the things I've really well, let me start with so many interesting things we could, and that's what that, that first episode is such a mess because it is so much just, yeah, yeah, all the things of why we do this. One of the things that when I looked, listened back to that episode was like, and and even just so far today, right? I'm like, you know, Sean needs a dark age history podcast. That's what Sean really needs because I'm making Sean do a Norse mythology podcast. There's too many of them and they all are very well done. They have real experts but, too on the dark age history. No, yeah, so we found, it's like, I'm not, I'm not saying we're any good with like Norse mythology, but like, I think there's a lot more uh, no, we English history. Niche. Yeah. And that's, so, you know, the, the one thing is right. Yeah. That like now in society, like, you know, uh, nurse mythology, it's real hot right now. Right. But, but really my, my reasons for wanting to do it were that uh, I'm not sure how much I'll get into about why I started kind of studying Jungian psychology, but that, that mythology and dreams, there's a parallel there of how, how you make sense of your own dreams is how it's actually how you're supposed to make sense of mythology. Right. So that part of like the world is 6,000 years old and Odin's related to Noah and the King's related to, you know, Adam and Eve, right. That's, that question of, is that meant to be taken literally, right? Because we live in a modern society where things are so literal, things are facts, right? But back then it wasn't, I don't think people thought about it too much. They were just like, that's, you know, it's uh, a neat thing to believe about your king, you know? Yeah. Did anyone actually stop and think about it too hard to be like, is that literally true? Can we prove it's true? They're like, there's no way to prove anything. There's no Wikipedia, right? So they're just like, we'll just go with it. It's a fun story, right? Sure. <laughs> and maybe that's enough. Maybe, you know, who knows? But as I was saying, you know, with you being an expert, you know, wanting to really dive deep in English history. That's the same thing for me. I wanted to dive into a mythology. And then the question is kind of why Norse mythology? One, it's one that I, I don't know as well. And, and similarly, that it's not so well explored. Like Greek mythology, there's a lot more things mm-hmm. written on it, why it connects into Jungian psychology. I've actually, both things I've read and talked to people that like, there's not actually a lot on the Norse mythology because it is, you know, the, the sources are kind of hard to make sense of. And the, the translations are still like not perfect. That's one of my favorite things that they're like all this ambiguity, right? You find mm-hmm. a place where you're like, no one knows how to translate this, right? All the experts, they can disagree on what you do with this old Norse word. And then, well, then it's like, we get to be the experts because it's like, well, considering we've talked about it for six months, we might know kind of like what the vibe is of what the authors are trying to say or, and that's the whole question. How much is a, 
Snorri just making this up from a Christian perspective and how much is Snorri Sturluson, the author mm-hmm. of uh, Prozetta. And then how much of it is, are the original ideas, right? And that we can yeah, kind of look at some of the archaeology, some of these other sources to try to make sense of like, what was the, the culture that came up with these stories, right? But, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense as far as why. Yeah. Well, no, it does. <laughs> and, and, study, yeah. and like, if you, if, and I, if you look back to 1500 years ago, like if somebody knew of the gods, like what did they think about the gods? Like what, what part did the gods play in their lives? Like we, we can make guesses based on the source material and like, um, you know, archaeological finds, but like what's, they may have thought of the gods back then is very different to what like you or I, or like maybe modern day pagans will think of the gods or the stories. And I think I made this um, comment, like in another episode, when I first read Jackson Crawford's version of the Poetic Edda, specifically Havamal, which we did a three-part series on, like when I first read it, maybe it was like only three years ago, like it was a very different I interpreted it very different from the next read. And if the first time I was like, wow, Odin's an asshole. Um, he only cares about himself. Like this is like, a, <laughs> I think I made a joke that this is like a libertarian's, uh, you know, dream. And like p- these people only care about themselves. And, and that's like a very one dimensional view of like libertarianism, like cares us getting political again. So I, I know that's not the case, but the second time I read it was after I, I had that panic attack that I mentioned in a previous episode. And after that, event in my life, I had like a different outlook on life and reading Havamal, it like meant something more powerful to me at that point. I was like, oh shit, Odin is afraid to die. He knows like we have one life. We need to like live it by this, like these like certain like codes. And it's not necessarily him thinking about himself. It's just like, it's just like this balance that he like looks at. It's also then like and, wisdom he's trying to pass on. Maybe it's also kind of lessons he's trying to remind himself of too, right? That's a yeah. But anyway, like I, I I looked at that poem now, and it's like I I was experiencing my own like existential dread after the panic attack, and like I've gotten through that, and it's like I can I'm yeah. better now, and I can like enjoy things more. But like looking at Havamal and like what that means to me now, I look at the entire podcast that we've done as very therapeutic, and I think yeah. it's very cool to do this with you because you do provide that the psychology behind it or the potential psychology behind it. And I'm able to have this discussion with you and we're able to interpret the stories in our own way, which other people are going to interpret it in different ways. Yeah. But it, but it kind of does go to this, this, this is one of the other things, you know, that question of what is this podcast about, right? It's why it takes us, you know, 20 minutes just to even start to really Mm -hmm. outline it. Cause there's several, several things, you know, going on. Right. And one is, I don't think we even knew it at the beginning, but when you would say these things about Odin finding his, his lust for knowledge, and then my, my angle on it is like, well, is it lust for knowledge or is it especially the lust for wisdom and what is real wisdom and what is the wisdom you find within these poems and these myths, right? Going back to that idea of, you know, that this is just one culture's mythology and it's one that's not really well recorded, right? It's, it's very much from like fragments of these different um, texts. And we, you know, there was a very much an oral tradition. So there wasn't a lot of writing until the Christians showed up. But then figuring out what's true within it, right? I really like that one conversation we had. Maybe we've had it a couple of times, right? On on what's true, right? And we're not just meaning like factually true, but it ties into these psychology ideas when you see like Carl Jung's idea of the archetypes, right? That's really what are the the ideas, you know, that are that people recognize. I guess one way maybe to explain it is like everyone generally knows what it is to have a mother and a father, or even if mm-hmm. they don't have one themselves, they see it in other people, so they know what a what a father is, right? Generally, right? Even if it's not just who their father is, it's all the different fathers they've seen. That's the archetype father, right? But then that's also like all these ideas that uh, Christ or 
or more so God is a father and things like that, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and the priests are and things like this, right? That they share something in common, but what's the thing that's in common with all of those, right? Is kind of the archetype. And then we talk about these ideas as we go through, like, well, what about the idea of a warrior, right? All, all kinds of cultures knew what a warrior was, you know, forever since, you know, going back pretty much as far as uh, human history goes. But now we don't really have that many warriors, except maybe people in the military, right? Like a, a huge percent of our population lives life, never interacting, never being a warrior and never interacting with warriors. Yet we still kind of know what it is, right? And we see it in a story and we're like, oh, Thor, he's a warrior, right? He mm -hmm. goes and he destroys giants. He's very much a warrior, right? There's these things that, you know, that, that show up in these myths and you're figuring out like, well, is this, is this real? Is this just the Christians trying to make things, you know, their, their politics and things like that. But when you see these parallels back to old ideas that show up in, you know, the Hebrew Bible, but then they show up in native American myths and legends and stories, it shows up in, in all these different cultures. Even there's, a, I'm just starting to read a little bit on some of the Hindu mythology and it's very fascinating. It's got a lot of parallels <laughs> with the Norse and and then those are the things that these are just the true human experience, right? Everybody kind of knows these stories or they're the stories that have been passed on century after century. So that's one of the kinds of truth we kind of try to get at. And it's, but it's, yeah, like you said, you have to, we could do a whole show on archetypes and just bouncing around different stories, but we focus on the Norse to see then, yeah, like you have to start somewhere or you have to focus somewhere. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and the, the two primary characters that we discussed, Odin and Thor, yeah. they're very specific and different archetypes, but they also like have their own arc, their own like storyline where they are trying to like better themselves in like their own way. And I think that's also like on top of the archetypes, I think just like that, what that's what makes these gods human. And maybe like, that's why people like looked up to them as archetypes. They, they grow and they're not perfect. And I think that's why, uh, maybe I'm getting a little bit off topic here or maybe I'm missing the mark, but I think that's where humans can look up to them as being human or like something that they should aspire to yeah. because those gods are aspiring to something else. No. And that's another reason of why, you know, why learn Norse, I'm going to probably rewrite this uh, blog post <laughs> I wrote before on why, why learn Norse mythology, but this is one of the, the big ideas because in Greek mythology, they're very well refined archetypes. Basically somebody went through kind of in some ways and planned what these gods should look like, where they sat down and they kind of had the, the priests, you know, say, well, this God is the God of this thing. And this God is the God of that thing. And there were some disagreements over time, you know, but they, generally came to a conclusion, certainly by the time the Greek gods got translated over into Rome, they're like, this is the God of the sun. This is the God of wine. This is the God of you know war. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but the Norse mythology is much more raw. Nobody sat there and processed it and analyzed it and came to an agreement. It's just whatever stories, you know, captivated people, whatever the, the poets or the kind of the kind of like bards, you know, they were telling mm -hmm. verbal po poetry, usually to royalty, right? So it's what are the stories that caught on that people liked these stories that they were, there's something useful here. Why do people want to keep telling these stories over and over, right? Even though sometimes they weren't written until like the year 1000, or maybe some of them were maybe year 800. Is that right, John? It's like, I, yeah, I think most of them were actually written down like in the 12 or 1300s, but a few of the yeah. poems from, I think specifically the Poetic Edda and other sources were written maybe before the year 1000. Right. That's kind of the, the, the most they can stretch and kind of say is that, you know, maybe some things were written by like, or like yeah, or maybe first conveyed at that point. Right. Yeah. That they, that they know there's historical documentation that people were telling those stories. Right. But still, yeah, like they, but they probably have been told, you know, yeah, at least 500 years or thousands of years before that, but it's that people were still telling those stories all the way up to almost the year 1000. Right. But they're stories that are kind of like raw or organic is maybe a way to say it. Right like stories that were told back to the year uh, 3000 or 4000 BC. I'm starting to read now also to some of the like 
the stuff that came, the myths before the Greeks, uh, especially the Egyptians, Babylonians, some of these other ideas that, that really do go back to, yeah, like year 3000. And the people were still doing that in the year uh, 3000 BC, right? People were still doing that in the year 1000 AD up in Scandinavia and Iceland, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of a neat connection to see something that yeah ties into our modern culture so closely, I guess is one way to say that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Let me see. Anything else that we said we were going to talk about? Or maybe even like with some down that we know what are uh, the things we've we've accomplished in the podcast, right? Like there's the series on, like we, we talked about with, you know, just us trying to understand what is, uh, you know, Norse uh, heathenism or paganism. And we, you know, have episodes on the runes, right? Because this idea of the runes is really important. There's a myth where Odin learns the runes. And it's like, what does this mean? We don't know. We don't have any idea what this means. So we spent a lot of time. I certainly spent a lot of time reading on that. You know, we did some episodes talking about what to make sense of that. Um, what else are you remembering, Sean, from yeah, the things we've... Um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I am I always go back to all the, thing, the times I fucked up. I remember early, like, and I know I mentioned that the quality of our podcast was even worse when we first got started. So we had to go back and, like, edit a few things. And that's also part of the reason why we're doing this episode, kind of. But anyway, like, I look back to some errors that I've made. And I remember there was, like, one time in, like, episode five or six where I made a comment about how I was talking about um, Emperor Constantine of the Roman Empire. And I was like, yeah, and he was the first Roman emperor. And like, then like after the episode and still, it's still there. Like we had, we never corrected it. Like, I was like, wait, I, I meant to say he was the first Christian emperor of the Roman empire when the Roman empire has been around for like 600 years. So I'm just always wondering how many like listeners or followers we lost who they like for people that were just like, wait, this, these fuckers, like got this wrong. They think that Constantine was the first Roman emperor. And so like, I still still don't know enough history to, to know completely for sure that you're wrong. So. (laughs) <laughs> no, Who's the first Thanks. emperor at all? Was it um, well, Romulus and Remus is part of the at least mythology? They, I don't think they were the uh, yeah they were part of like the myth, the legends I guess, but I don't yeah. think they were the first emperors. But like they were yeah. the people whose descendants I think started Rome. I actually yeah. don't know. I, I it's going to be an easy like Wikipedia, but again, I'm we're not. not I'm we're not, not a Rome history podcast, but we'll get there eventually once we figure. Yeah, it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I did know that Constantine was the first Christian emperor because yeah. um, that was like 200 years before the fall of. Uh, of Rome anyway, but there was like, there's been like times where I just like said something stupid or I'll like be re-listening. I'm like, yep, I fucked up there. And like, I'm just like wondering like how many people just think I'm a total jackass that doesn't know what he's talking about, which I am, but like, it's more so just, I'm hoping I can trick people. That's the point. No, that they, if you, if you, the people who keep listening, that they, they enjoy that. They appreciate that about you, I think. So that's, (laughs) Yeah, if you're, if you're deciding whether this is the podcast for you, no. Uh, some of my favorite episodes, actually, and ones we've kind of talked about re-recording because they were done so early. But you know, the talking about the world tree and the nine realms, like that that cosmology, the origin of the world from the Norse perspective. I, ju- I just love those the the concepts we talk about. But yeah, like there were there were early episodes, so maybe we'll re-record that at some point. Um, yeah, and those those were a little bit less, um, and maybe like similar to this episode that we're doing now. Those they were a little bit less planned. And I'm always like, I think one thing that I've realized when doing this podcast is you don't want to overplan for an episode because I know we have, but I also know there's been some episodes where I'm like, oh yeah, cool. So I guess we're going to move on. So like, it's, it's good to have that structure, but like a loose structure. Yeah. But in that episode, I, I do agree. I think it was very, uh, I think it was very well done. It actually seems to be one of our more successful ones uh, looking back, but I think it's, yeah, it's good content. And then it's just like, yeah, if the audio quality is not perfect, like, yeah, should we, re- should we re-record it or is it, is it fine? Yeah. And then, you know, my stuff on uh, shamanism is, yeah. then this idea of like with pagan spirituality and magic and how do you make sense of magic, right. From a like modern 
secular or scientific kind of perspective. That's really led me to like reading and thinking about all kinds of things, right? Because it really is that the magic, the way people use it is like spirituality. It's basically just like your your rituals that you do in uh, in any religion, right? That you, mm. you know, have the wine and you bless it and you do signs over it and, and all these things, right? That's just one example of like, that's that's what's going on when people are doing magic too. And then I got, yeah, the episodes we did eventually, or I, my, my solo episode I recently did was on a divination because that was one where I'm like, yeah, that like Odin's even kind of afraid to do divination. They talk about like, that's, you know, you know, female sorceresses will do that. But Odin's even like a little scared. Should he be messing with this kind of like dark magic? Yeah. Again, maybe it was written from Snorri's perspective and that's why, but that Odin like confronts these things because he wants all the wisdom, but that he gets himself into trouble as well. That's kind of a, it seems like a consistent theme of Odin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, and that's and like that's something that I I've actually liked uh, from the story arcs, especially with Odin and Thor. And and something I like to talk about is like what's required for a person, or like in this case, a god to improve. Like, and and I think I think um, there's this YouTuber that like analyzes uh, a Song of Ice and Fire, so the Game of Thrones books by George yeah. R. R. Martin, and he does a good job of talking about how George R. R. Martin likes the idea of somebody who's broken, like somebody that gets like what they are destroyed and then they end up rising up to be something better like if you if you will follow game of thrones like i don't know if you remember the character jamie lannister yeah yeah Yeah, an amazing sword fighter he gets his hand chopped off and he's got to like learn how to get like kind of be more than just a sword right because he's never Um, gonna be a great sword fighter after that he learns how to do a little bit of sword fighting but obviously not uh against the best sword fighters you know yeah. yeah But and then if you look at a character like Lady Brienne, she had this um, propped up idea of what a knight was, and she was upset yeah. she couldn't be a knight because she's a woman. But then like throughout the stories, she sees that like knights are also pieces of trash, and like somebody can write something noble about a knight, but really that knight is probably you know an evil person, and like she has to destroy this like archetype that she like looks up to. And one yeah. thing, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, God. The thing that's common in both of those right is then who are they after that? Right, there's the thing they define themselves by. And then their life is meaningless. And then after that, they're trying to figure out, yeah, what gives their life meaning? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, if you, if you look at Odin, he sacrifices his eye to like gain more wisdom. He hangs himself to learn the runes, as you mentioned earlier. And he like kind of has to, he has to like go out of his way to screw other people over to get what he wants in the case of like the meat of poetry, which he, in Havamal, he mentions, and he clearly is upset, not upset, but he, he regrets what needed to happen for him to get the meat of poetry. And people have to go through this like hardship to get what they want or to come out better. And so like, he, like if you look at like him hanging himself or like him cutting his eye out, it's literally him destroying who he is like physically to, to gain something better to like gain this like mystical power. If you look at Thor, he's a brute. He gets knocked on his ass by Odin verbally. He fails against um, Utgard Loki, or I guess in that case, he was known as Skrymir and he like gets his, he gets his, um, manliness i guess shaken especially when he has to put on a wedding dress to get his hammer back that's so, has to be stop stop being a little bit that he's you know he's a little too much right he's just as i say he's, he's a hammer every problem's a nail right that it's just you can't you can't solve every problem by being a warrior right by destroying things but it's by when once he realizes he has to let that go then yeah he yeah finds something else about himself yeah and, and that's what I think is fascinating. And it's funny because when we did that episode where Thor puts on a writing dress, I know you and I had a discussion about whether or not we should have said, well, what if like the writers just said, 
you know what? If Thor liked the wedding dress, he felt more comfortable at home and he was still going to kill giants, but he was going to do it wearing a wedding dress. And if anybody thinks that's stupid, then they're snowflakes or something. Yeah. And like, just like, what if like somebody like planted like a script that said that was actually how the story ended, but we didn't go that well, route. No, but, but that's the great thing with the Norse mythology. Cause there's plenty of things where it's like, there's just one source that says this thing, right? Cause there's like maybe two places where they say that Odin is actually the God of thunder rather than that Thor is the God of thunder. But then as we look into the words, maybe it just means Odin is the God that is hung, that he hangs from the tree because yeah. the word thand, almost like thunder, but thand uh, apparently in old Norse means hung, but yeah, that somebody could just have made something up and they were like, they're <laughs> pulling it. It's a, it's a, it's a meme, right? They're, they're, they're just trolling everybody, but it's left in the sources that we have. So we're like, yep, this is a true thing about Loki, right? And now everyone. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I think that'd be funny if like, if that was actually the story and you know what Thor felt comfortable with himself. He didn't need to like, you know, wear a tank top or something like that. I don't know. Well, and then that makes me think of the people re they retell these stories and they remake these stories, right? Like the Neil Gaiman, I was actually just reading the Neil Gaiman version of uh, some Loki stories about Loki. And it's like, man, he does a great version where it's just a great consistent story, right? Rather than us being back and forth and be like, well, this version says this, but this version says that. And what do you think yeah. about this weird detail, Sean? And, but he just tells a good story, right? Rather than that, trying to figure out what's, you know, in there, that that's, you know, part of the task, right? And it's, yeah, given our current culture, what can we learn from it? How do we tell a story that it, Chuck did a great job when we have our friend Chuck on talking about poetry, explaining why, like, David, that's a valuable thing. You don't have to just go back and make sense of the old poems the way they would have been told you know by bards around the fire to a, a lord in viking times like just we're modern people can we look at the story in a modern way i'm like okay fine chuck we can do that too but yeah, I, back. yeah. i'm glad you made that connection because i know when we discussed that episode like i did discuss how like thor needed to destroy who he was he needed yeah. to destroy this like manly warrior archetype but he succeeded as a result of it and he grew because he destroyed who he was in that moment he did like he probably went back to his old self afterwards, which he, he actually, yeah, he did go back to his old self of just like, you know, destroying giants, like with his hammer. But let's say a modern person reads that and they could say, oh, you know what? The mighty Thor put on a dress and he succeeded. So the, the theme, the, you know, that going back to what's the wisdom, right? What's the things you learn from it? Is, is that, it's an interesting question too, right? Like why, why even try to look for wisdom in mythology, right? Why not? And I, I sprinkle some philosophy into the, you know, throughout our episodes, because that's something I'm interested in too, because often that's a, it makes sense like philosophy and these philosophers, they sit there and they try to sort out what is wisdom, right? How, how should we live our lives? What even is the world? And, you know, our science is based on basically philosophy, but there's, you know, what, what are the things you find in mythology are things that you can't answer with like science, or you can't answer with logic necessarily, right? Like, that you said earlier, meaning, right? What should what should a warrior do once they can't be a warrior anymore, right? Like, no one gets to tell you that. There's no no logic to it, right? It's you mm-hmm. have to look within yourself. You have to try to make sense of these things. And that idea of like, yeah, what do you have to sacrifice? What things should you sacrifice? What things should you never sacrifice, right? Those are things that are in religious texts, right? But if you're maybe if you're not of that religion, that question, right? How can you look at yeah Norse mythology or look at some other mythology and see yourself in those stories? Right? That's mm-hmm. one thought I'm having yeah no no and that, that makes sense like I mean again I my uh my interpretation of all like a lot of these stories has changed like, since yeah. since I read it the first time and that's because like I'm a different person than I was three years ago oh yeah um and like so so these these stories have different meanings um and that's why I think like in any religion like Christianity included and I know I mentioned that I I was raised you know to be a devout Catholic like yeah. I still look 
even though there's so much I do not like about the Catholic church, there's still like a lot of my character within that upbringing. And a lot of it is good, but it also no, depends on the listener. It doesn't always just depend on what's being said. Right. And that's where I was raised Christian too. And it's very much a thing I've partly doing this podcast has helped me really look at this, really analyze this part of myself or this part of religion, maybe right. That, that organized religion often is telling you, this is how you have to believe it. Right. But I think even for you, for anyone to really embrace their own religion or figure out what their spirituality is or something like that, right? You have to think for yourself, right? I think that's not just an American value. I think that is kind of like a, a human value that if somebody's telling you something, you're lying to yourself if you don't actually believe it, right? If you're just believing it because somebody told you to, right? So that's um, hard to connect back to what we're doing, right? But it is that there's a piece of what you see in the myth, what you make sense of when you look at runes, all these different ideas are uh, about knowing yourself better. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's actually like another thing that, um, and I may, again, I maybe missed the mark here, but I don't like, I don't consider myself, you know, devout anything. Um, I do consider myself like whatever my version is of spiritual and my version of spiritual is, I guess, recognizing the power of oneself and like one's mind. And so like, I think that's why, like, and I think this, that's one of the reasons why this podcast has been therapeutic. And one thing that I, I, I do think I, I do appreciate at least about like, you know, German, the, this uh, Norse mythology is that it doesn't have that dogma and it does, it does. You can see in the readings, it also values the idea of self. Whereas if you do look at the Christian, my Christian upbringing, everything that good that happens happens because of a higher power and it kind yes. of minimizes the yeah. idea of a self. And that's why I kind of, I like, I kind of just go in another direction. And I had a discussion with somebody who was very close to me a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, I'm not going to say who it is or anything like that, but this person had problems growing up with abuse, like substance abuse. Yeah. Like she's still very, very devout Catholic and she's still like upset at that past, but she's gotten out of it. Yeah. And like, um, she, she doesn't understand that. Like she got out of it because of herself. She, she yeah. only like gives deflection, like deflects to everybody else and like a higher power. But like, there's, there's yeah. like, maybe we can cut this out, but there's something there with like other people, like helping somebody get through tough, like troubled times. But at the same time, like, I think I, I can appreciate that at least this form of paganism does value the idea of self. So Sean had, how deep should I go? We'll decide. We can cut it out if you. <laughs> I, have, I have weird stuff, so I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go. You know, it's a thing. I'm. It's strange because I'm thinking this is episode zero, but obviously these are like all the things I've been exploring in the last six months. You're talking about that idea, like somebody like submitting to a higher power, right? Or what does that even mean? Or how does that work? It's this interesting. I, I really like the Havamal series because at first I thought I wouldn't like the Havamal virtues because they're not about like being responsible for other people. Like you're saying that libertarian idea, they're a little too selfish, but actually they're really not. Mm. They're about the family and the tribe, because that's what mattered to Vikings, right? And it's not about the the greater good of all humanity. It's like, no, I'll, I'll destroy some other humanity for the good of my group that I care about, right? Mm. And so it's kind of like the opposite of some of the, the Christianity ideas, but then it's that idea to look at these two extremes, right? I think maybe something you were just saying there was that like the Christianity is sometimes too extreme, sacrificing yourself, right? And then always sacrificing yourself, like yourself isn't important. When that's actually goes against many of the other points of Christianity, right? But it's that all these things are complicated that Havamal gives you this other extreme. So the, the thought I had about how, how, how uh, even a person that's not religious can make sense of like uh, submitting to a higher power, right? Would be this idea for the Vikings, it was the, the tribe, right? Rather than that they're the most important thing, right? Like it's, it's all me, 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 all, you know, selfish, right? It's that 
no, this group of people is what matters, right? And then, and how big you want to make that group, right? Of, yeah, do you care about all Americans? Do you care about all human beings? Do you care about the planet and the earth even beyond uh, the human beings that live on it, right? That sort of, where is your center? What is it that you think is more important than yourself? Interesting things I've been reading is out of Jungian psychology, but it ties into religion, spirituality as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? That's a weird no, 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 that makes sense. That, like that all makes sense. And yeah. I, like, I do think uh, in like that word they use submitting to a higher power, like, again, like it just goes back to, you know, my thoughts of kind of like reducing your own value. Like in the thing is like, I'm not like, like, let's say there is a higher power. It can definitely be both. Oh yeah. Um, well, and, and, and that's no, but that's the idea, right? The, the center doesn't have to not include you, right? The higher power might actually include you, right? With the Vikings, it's very clear, right? If you're a member of this tribe, the higher power is the, you know, the, the what would they call it there? Uh, the Jarl, right? And, but it's not just that the Jarl is your higher power. It's all of the people that are under him. He submits himself to the higher power because all the people can overthrow him while he's sleeping if they want to, right? Yeah. It's this, and that idea of, right, yeah, is, was, is there anything good in humbling yourself and su- submitting to something bigger than you, right? That's, we probably do have to cut it out because it's far too. <laughs> I mean, no, like I think, I think it, introduction to the series. But, I mean, like a lot of it went over all over the place, so we can, uh, yeah. we can uh, cut some of it, some of I'll it out. But I do judge. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this is good because this is like something that's been more apparent, like as we've gone through the episodes, especially again, like with Havamal, and just like yeah, like in like you'd see it like in the the Icelandic sagas that I'm still like going through, you know, or the saga of the Volsungs. Like they have the, like there's the main characters like have this idea of honor. And like, they want to be like, die this prestigious character. They want to, they want to embrace the power of themselves, of the self. So I think it's something that like, if you understand and like, you can maybe make a connection that this is like a huge difference between like Norse mythology or what we know of Norse mythology, I should say. Mm -hmm. And then like Christianity. So I think like, it's, it's very, like, I think it's very uh, apparent. I'm not sure if you, uh, you agree, but. No, but I think it's it's interesting because there's also a parallel there in kind of martyring yourself, right? That the. The warriors, when they, you know, they're, they're wanting to sacrifice themselves to die a glorious death, right? And it's not just so they're honored, but it's also then that something than them values or appreciates that, right? Like that's what they, they get to go see Odin in uh, Valhalla then, right? Things like that. Yeah. I don't know. Was there anything else? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Just one thought I had at the end in case we edit some of that, but we'll see if this thing fits in. It's that idea, you know, we'll see how much we keep of our kind of talking about like some of these ideas of wisdom that you, you get to wrestle with basically when you're looking at mythology and, and old cultures and things like that. As I was saying, like, you know, modern people, I think, look to philosophy and often the part of philosophy that is argued for like science being the truth, right? But what's, what's fascinating is this is things I'm reading right now is that you look back at all the philosophy that our Western culture, because there's definitely other philosophies in Eastern culture, but that our Western culture has developed, you know, this, a lot of it does really descend back to the Greeks and then to look at what was the religion and the spirituality of those Greek philosophers that created these ideas that we use to justify why science is the truth, right? That basically all the science is based on philosophy of, of science and knowledge and what is reality, epistemology. <laughs> the mythology under their religion is really fascinating because they had these things with temples where they sacrificed things. They had, you know, they were pagans, they had multiple gods and they had these myths about you know, characters that really sound a lot like Thor and Odin and they go to the underworld and they come back and all of these things. Right. And so that it's this idea. Yeah. Even though like it's unscientific and it seems kind of backwards, it's also going back to see like, what was the root of human thinking is humans have tried to make sense of things, right. And to, 
to yeah. follow that chain of reasoning because then you figure out what you really believe that you, you don't have to just agree with, you know, well, I learned science in school and it says, these are the facts, right? That's almost, almost as blind as being like, well, the church says these are the facts. So I'm going to do whatever the church says, right? That's goes back to that thinking for yourself idea. I, I find very interesting. But. Yeah. And I mean, different time period. And I know you mentioned there was like a 3000 year gap between like um, Babylonian myth and then like the end of like Norse mythology like both both of them being so far apart in like different parts of the world can give us different in, like ideas of what the human mind is and like how they thought about things. So these myths, even though like they are myths, they can tell us a huge story, which tying it back to the earlier part of this episode ends like my episode on uh, the historical sons of Odin, like what can the fact that they're telling us these stories tell us about like what humans thought happened and then like how do they tie it into their own lives? Like they're making this connection to the past maybe because like they have these certain ways, uh, ways of like looking at things. And so yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. No, as you're talking about this now, it's making me think this is, as I've been thinking about writing this idea on my blog for a little while, this idea that, you know, even like Newtonian physics, the idea of how gravity works and how our physics work forces and things like that. That's a story we tell ourselves, right? It's, it's kind of a myth. And at first you're like, well, no, that's science. That's not a myth, but it's, well, no, then you realize what a myth it is when people discover quantum physics. And that's, far too complicated of a story for most people to wrap their mind around. So we keep going with the Newtonian myth because we don't understand quantum physics, right? I, I can't claim I understand quantum physics. I know a few things about it, but. Well, I don't know anything so, about it. So if I yeah. drop an apple and it falls, that's not necessarily what we think gravity is. That's or? what you see, right? That's what, that's what you see on the scale you live on, right? But when you look at different okay. scales of molecular level and quantum is smaller than the atoms that make up the apple, what's actually happening there, it's very complicated and it's a very complicated story. And it gets weird. And so that's the idea is like, it's a story that, you know, we, it's, it's very useful in our life, right? Because yeah, the, the, it's, it's going to happen. The, the apple is, it's correct. It's going to fall. Right. But it's like higher level dimension or higher dimension stuff. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's what you look down at the molecular level and there's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to try to pretend I understand quantum physics, but like there's, it's called quarks. And there's basically ones where they're like entangled that they're, they're, there's no clear connection between why they're connected to each other, but they are. And and is that we reach the limits of science that we can't prove it, right? And then, and then what do you do, right? You can either just go back to the old story, or you can deal with that ambiguity of the story. Maybe that's maybe that's where I want to leave. <laughs> yeah, maybe after this podcast, we'll do another one on <laughs> two idiots with no yeah. scientific background learned quantum physics. We'll get we'll get uh, somebody we know that understands uh, engineering and physics to come on and explain quantum physics. We know us. a few of those people, so that's a good <laughs> good idea. Um, but now this is this is awesome. I'm glad we. Uh, did this episode as, as far as the uh, future goes, I know David, you and I have a couple of guests, yeah. episode, guest speakers, or I guess, uh, inter interview interviews episodes yeah, gonna, coming up. We're going to start yeah. doing different things. Yeah. We've we already uh, interviewed our good friend, Chuck. We're going to interview more people. We get, to, we're going to call it uh, season two when we start talking about the stories of Loki, but we're probably going to keep kind of mixing in some of these different, uh, you know, do a solo episode sometimes on something we're really interested in. Yeah. Try to interview some more people. What yeah. Thinking, yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. I think um, I like I appreciate your uh, your shorts with the uh, just like your thoughts on like like yeah like the previous one like divination and the I Ching and then uh, yeah. the one that you, the episode you did on fate I I listened to on the on the uh, on a plane a couple of weeks ago and I, I I thought it was great and yeah I saw that I one. Might, a lot of people yeah. like that one or a lot of people finished that one and I'm thinking uh I, sometimes I never know if like is it going to make sense when you just listen to it because I've been I think about the ideas over and over and then to read it. I know I can, you know, like, I hope people could, they could reread the parts that are hard to understand, but when I just read it once, is it going to make sense? But that's good. good yeah. Feedback. Good for me. To and, know. Yeah. 
and I might do some, uh, I might some do some short episodes on as well, like on historical figures that yeah. we know, like we're Vikings or like Anglo-Saxons or something like that, mm-hmm. or just like talk a little bit about, you know, certain battles, maybe not like a, not get too far into the history, but talk about like why this like battle was important. Um, you know, you know, especially like as that. we get close to the, the sagas, because some of the, that'll be more yeah way in the future, but that the sagas are kind of more historical, right? So like, what is the primer on history people need to know to really make sense of the sagas, right? That's the thing I would yeah. definitely want to want to hear more on. Yeah, yeah definitely. John, we better wrap it up now, but uh, you have a good night. All right. Yeah, you too. Thank you, David. And thank you, everyone else. Thanks. Bye, John.